and DriveWise, and save even more for driving safely. Visit Allstate.com or contact your local agent for a quote today. Allstate. Minimum effort, maximum reward. Not available in every state. New customer savings based on early signing discount. DriveWise is an optional feature. Savings vary based on how you buy. Subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Northbrook, Illinois. It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on ESPN 1400. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories. Now, let's get to the game and join your host, Scott Nason. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on ESPN 1400 WKNW Sault Ste. Marie. The game powered by GEM, the game entertainment and media. And you can also hear podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. You can also find us at thegamesportshow.com as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, PodTrail, Facebook, and Instagram. As the band said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from the studios of ESPN 1400 on this Monday night, October 12th, 2020. Happy Canadian Thanksgiving and Columbus Day to all, all our listeners. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. We have two hours worth of sports content, and we have lots of guests lined up tonight, including Chris Dunbar the commissioner of the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. She's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. We'll also be joined by Mark Yule, the executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Lots to talk about with those two guests. And then in the 7 o'clock hour, we'll be joined by Butch Davis, co-host of the game and host of his own show, Butch on Sports. We're also hoping to be joined by E.J. Russell from Escanaba, Michigan. E.J., Attended yesterday yesterday's Cleveland's Browns game, another victory for the Browns. So two hours of sports, but we always start with local sports, and we'll need the full half hour here to get through all the sports that are going on. Let's start with high school football from this past weekend. The week started early, Thursday night, as Newberry dropped a 48-12 decision to Rapid River. Bryce Lundquist ran for four touchdowns for Rapid River in their victory in eight-player football. Newberry scores came from Johnny Nutkins. He had a three-yard touchdown run, while Liam Shanley, he had a 35-yard interception return for the Indians. Newberry drops to one and three on the season, and they will be at Lake Linden Hubble next Saturday afternoon. In a game you heard on our sister station, 1230 WSOO, with Dave Watson and Pat Bennett, was the Sioux High Blue Devils improving to 3-1 and one on the season, bouncing back from their previous week's loss to Gladstone in a big way as the Blue Devils knocked off Benzie Central by the score of 34-13. to 13. Sioux quarterback junior Jacob Davey, he threw Touchdown passes of 10 yards to freshman at Callan Campbell and 28 yards to Bennett Swanson. Rushing touchdowns for the Blue Devils on Friday night included John Robinson, Chris Pierce, and Davey. He also had a touchdown run for the Blue Devils. Suhai now 3-1 on the season overall, 2-0 in conference play. 
Defensively for the Blue Devils, uh, senior linebacker Dalen Lujan, he led the Blue Devils with 10 tackles on the night. Senior linebacker Riddick Lapine, he had seven tackles, while Tim Garland and Robinson had six tackles apiece. Offensively, the Blue Devils, 348 yards of offense, lots of rushing, 282 yards on 50 carries. Robinson, he gained a career-high 137 yards on 15 carries. I certainly could have used him on my fantasy team yesterday, while Pierce, he had 125 yards on 26 carries Davy on the night, five of six overall, passing for 66 yards. So the Blue Devils, three and one on the season. We're going to get to their playoff points here in a moment. And they have a big game on the road Friday. They will travel to undefeated Kingsley, which very well could determine the Northern Michigan Football League Legends Division Conference title. That game will be Friday night in Kingsley. You can hear that game on our sister station, 1230 WSO. Dave Watson and Pat Bennett, the dynamic duo, both making the trek to Kingsley pregame show around 635 over on 1230 WSOO. Other games on Friday night in 11-player football. Boy, this score, I had to make sure it wasn't a misprint when I saw it. Johannesburg-Lewiston knocks off St. Ignace by the score of 81-12. to 12. 81 points the Saints give up. They're struggling on the season 0-4, and they'll try to get on the winning track coming up here Friday night as they are home to Roger City. In the game you heard on our sister station, Oldies 93 with Matt Pocket in our EUP Game of the Week on Friday night. Pickford, after a couple, uh, I'd say, close victories for them. As a matter of fact, uh, a couple weeks ago, I believe they punted for the first time in a long time. Well, I don't think they had to punt on Friday night as they shut out Ingadine by the score of 56 to nothing in Great Lakes Conference East Division play. Pickford now 4-0 on the season. They will be at Rapid River on Friday, while Ingadine 0-4 on the season. They will be at home to Rudyard, that game also on Friday night. And Cedarville, they knock off Brimley 40-14 to on Friday night. That game played in detour. So Cedarville improves to 3-1 and on the season. They got a good matchup Friday night against Munising. They'll be at home taking on the Munising Mustangs. You can catch that game over on Oldies 93 in our EUP Game of the Week with Matt Pocket on Friday night. Brimley now 1-3 and on the season. They will host Superior Central on Friday. Other UP scores from Friday night. Gladstone drops their first game of the season at Kingsford. The Flivers knock off Gladstone by the score of 30 to 28. Bark River Harris, they shut out Manistique on the road at 28 to nothing. Westwood 55, Launce 15. Marquette knocks off Menominee again. That's the second time they've knocked off the Maroons on Friday night by the score of 44 to 26. And Gwynn gets a two-point win on the road at Norway by the score of 14-12. to Plenty of games canceled due to COVID-19, which is still here, and especially in the Western UP. Escanaba at Ludington, Iron Mountain at Hancock, Houghton at Calumet, West Iron County at Ishpeming, and Forest Park at North Dickinson, all canceled on Friday night. In Northern Michigan Football League action on Friday, we mentioned Kingsley, who will take on Sioux High Friday night. They knocked off Grayling 40-21. Traverse City St. Francis, they shut out Windless Sheboygan on the road by the score of 49 to nothing. 
Harbor Springs, they knock off Frankfurt in a big way, 57-22. Charlevoix over Kalkaska, 40-0. And Glen Lake over Mancelona by the score of 35-8. One game on Saturday involving EUP school, or a school, I should say, Rudyard. They even their record at 2-2 two and two on the season as they knock off Superior Central in Eben Junction by the score of 58-22. to 22. So Rudyard, 2-2 two and two on the season, will be at Ingadine on Friday. Other Upper Peninsula scores from Saturday. Munising will take on Cedarville Friday. They knock off Stevenson on the road by the score of 28-14. Nagani, they shut out Gogebic. That game also on the road, 48-0. Carney Nadu over Ontonagon, 58-38. And one game canceled due to COVID, North Central at Lake Linden Hubble. So we're already two-thirds of the way through the football season. We're going to talk more high school football coming up with Mark Yule, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, around 645. But playoff points are important, and Sue High is in Division Four this year. They're in a seven-team district, which includes Alma, Bay City, John Glenn, Cadillac, Escanaba, Ludington, and Saginaw, Arthur Hill. And right now, it looks like Suhai would get a home game based on playoff points. 3-1 and one on the season. They have 37.333 points. First place in that district right now as far as playoff points, or I should say the highest ranked team, is Cadillac, the team that knocked off Suhai last year. They have 45.75 points. Ludington, the team... The Blue Devils beat in their first playoff game last year. They're three and one with 39 points, and there's a big drop off from there. Almost one and three. John Glenn's one and three. Escanaba, they've only played a game. And so Suhai looks like they could get possibly two home games if they run the table, but looks like right now, whatever happens over their next couple weeks, they should be at least guaranteed one. Eight player football, uh, 64 of the 72 teams get in. And Pickford, Newberry, and Brimley are in Division One right now. Pickford looks good to host at least a couple home games. They have 28.750 points. Newberry and Brimley, one and three. They each have 11. Tops in Division One and eight-player football. Morris, they have 30.75 points. While Adrian Lewinaugh Christian, they have 29.5. In eight-player Division Two, Cedarville looks like they could potentially host at least one playoff game, maybe two if they run the table. They have 24 points. Rudger at 2-2. Two and two. They have 17.75 points. Both those teams quite a ways back from the top two in Division Two. An eight-player, Burr Oak has 31, while Portland St. Patrick has 29. So high school football, hard to believe. We're already two-thirds of the way through the season. And, well, heck, we're going to have the playoffs in three weeks, and basically everyone makes it. So it's going to be a wild playoff run. Here in high school football, let's hope that COVID-19 doesn't make more appearances as far as some of these cancellations. We have seen a lot this past week in high school football, and, and the cases are rising. So we'll keep our fingers crossed as we continue to navigate sports throughout this pandemic. High school volleyball from this past week. Sue High, they were back on court last Monday after a week off due to some cancellations due to covid was senior night for the Blue Devils, who honored Jordan Haller, Brooke Baker, and Lily Alaspa. And Alpina, well, they weren't very kind to the host. They knock off the Blue Devils in straight sets. Haller led the Blue Devils in kills with 12, and also with digs, 
getting nine, while Alaspa was second in digs with eight, while Baker had four kills, one block, one ace, and one dig. Taylor Pratt, she had a team leading 24 assists last Monday night with seven digs, while Hannah Bird had six digs, five aces, and two kills. Tuesday night in EUP conference action, Brimley, uh, they went the distance against Detour and collected a 3-2 victory on Tuesday night. Second time that Brimley has knocked off a detour this season. Elena Vandermeer, she had 12 kills. And Paige Johnson had nine kills and four digs for the Bays. Lindsay Hill, she distributed 26 assists to go with 11 digs, four kills. While Reese Jones, she had nine aces, six kills, and four blocks for Brimley. Rudyard, they continue to play very well, remain unbeaten in EUP conference play as they knock off Cedarville in straight sets in Cedarville. Sarah Bieland, she led the Bulldogs with nine kills. She also had 13 digs and three aces, while Lane Greenfell, she added seven kills, nine digs, and a team-best three blocks. Alicia Cosley, she had nine kills for Cedarville, along with two digs and two blocks, while Taylor Williams, she dished out 10 assists for the Trojans on Tuesday night. Thursday night, last week, Suhai won a pair of games in a tri-meet against Sheboygan and Onaway. That game played in Sault Ste. Marie. The Blue Devils won 2-0 over Sheboygan and also won 2-0 over Onaway. Jordan Haller impressive again, putting a combined two-match total of 20 kills together, along with 13 digs and three aces for the Blue Devils. Hannah Bird, she led the Blue Devils in assists with 44 on the night while adding three aces, seven digs, and two kills. Jayla Jorgensen, she paced the team in digs with 20. She also had an ace, while Faith White had nine kills, eight digs, and an ace for Sue High. So Sue High and Rudyard seem to be the two uh, dominant teams in the EUP, which is really no surprise. Both teams do very well. And boy, Rudyard, they're playing as well as they've played in a long time. Other matches on Thursday in EUP conference action was homecoming at the Purple Palace in Pickford, and well, Pickford celebrated by knocking off Cedarville three to nothing. Anna Van Blen Carrium hit twelve kills and seven digs for the Panthers, while Jocelyn Portis she had three kills, three blocks. Lizzie Story for the Panthers twenty seven assists, sixteen digs, and one block on the night. Lizzie Story, she led the Panthers with 28 serves, including five aces. And finally, in high school volleyball from Thursday, it was Detour shutting out Ingenine by a 3-0 count. Lily Plowman, she tagged seven assists, or rather seven kills and two blocks for Detour. Emily Bennett, she had 12 assists and one kill, while Jada Robinson added two kills for Detour in that one. Districts a few weeks away in high school volleyball. They'll start on November 2nd. Sioux High in Division Two will be at Grayling, the host site in District 34. Other teams involved in that district include Boyne City, Sheboygan, Grayling, Kalkaska, Kingsley, and of course, the Blue Devils. St. Ignace in Division Three. they'll be at District 68 at home. They host that district. Other teams involved will be Charlevoix, East Jordan, Harbor Springs, and Roger City. And in Division 4, a couple different sites involving EUP teams. Brimley will host a district in District 101. Other schools involved in that district include Ojibwe Charter out of Brimley, Ingenine, Maplewood Baptist, Newberry, and Rudyard. While Detour, they're going to host District 102 
Other teams involved in that district include Beaver Island, Cedarville, Mackinac Island, Mackinac City, Pelston, and Pickford. High school soccer this past week, Sioux High got a victory on the road Wednesday in boys soccer as they shut out Nagani by a 2-0 count. Blue Devils had goals by Billy Atkinson as well as Colby Swanson. And defensively, it was Cole Hawker, Ryan Wood, and Joseph Cole leading the Sioux High Blue Devils with four takeaways each. Blue Devils would go to Marquette on Friday, and boy, Marquette has a solid squad, and they knocked off the Blue Devils by an 8-1 to count. Suhai got their only goal by Gavin Akins. And finally, in high school cross country, there was an EUP race this past Monday in Nobinway, and Newberry once again uh, looking very good in cross country as they won that race, led by senior Efren Evans, who won his second straight EUP boys varsity race completing the 3.1 mile in a time of 17 minutes, 6 seconds. I thought I was fast on the treadmill. Apparently not. Newberry boys finished first among eight conference schools with 51 points, while Rudyard was second with 54 and Brimley third with 70. Brimley's Cameron Hornstra was second in the boys' varsity race, while Hayden Mills of Rudyard took third. And in the girls, it was Wisteria Brady winning her second straight varsity EUP conference race with a time of 21-35. Kaylin Clark of Newbury was second, and Mariana Zaragoza of St. Ignis was third. St. Ignis, they had no trouble winning the team portion of the competition as they had 41 points while Newbury was second with 62 and Ingedine was third with 72. And the UP championships will be in a couple weekends. They split it up a bit due to COVID. They're going to have three different sites for the different divisions for UP cross country. We're going to take our first break on the game, but we come back. We got more local sports to cover. We're going to dive into the world of hockey. Sioux Indians were in action this weekend at the Taffiable Arena. We'll also talk about junior hockey. The Sioux Eagles set to start their season tomorrow at Polar Stadium. We'll also talk about the OHL, the NOJHL. We had the NHL draft, which included four Sioux Greyhounds and several OHL players. That coming up next on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, here on ESPN 1400. Since 1916, a lot of independent agents have recommended auto owners insurance. And a lot of parents have taken that recommendation to heart. So have a lot of their children, and grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. As we celebrate our first 100 years, Auto Owners Insurance thanks all those who have put their trust in us. And all the generations who will. Visit Madigan Pingator Insurance Services today on Water Street in Sioux, Michigan, or at MadiganPingator.com. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, just off I-75 in Rudyard, inviting you to stop in and see the largest selection of equipment in the eastern Upper Peninsula. To complement our full line of Mahindra tractors, we have trailers including goosenecks, dumps, cargos, car haulers, and utility trailers. We also have a full line of lawn and garden equipment with Cub Cadet and Exmark. Over 50 mowers to choose from, a full line of parts, and we service what we sell. Looking for an outdoor wood or pellet furnace or parts? We stock water pumps, exchangers, pec supplies, and more. Also. 
check out our full line of Boss and Fisher snow and ice equipment. Here at Gaylor Thompson and Rogerard, we are open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon, for your convenience. Just off I-75 in Rudyard, 30 minutes from the bridge. If you need it, we have it. Give us a call at 906-478-3026. Hope to see you here. Would you like to pay off your house a little sooner than planned? Do you think it might be nice to have some extra money in your wallet? At Old Mission Bank, we've been busy saving our customers thousands of dollars by refinancing their home loans, and we want to help you too. Let our experienced lenders take a look at your specific situation to see how we might take some time off your mortgage, put some extra cash in your pocket, or take equity out to complete a major project. Would you like to know more? Call one of our experienced loan officers or apply directly online at ombloans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, proudly serving our community for 20 years. FDIC insured equal housing lender you can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com now let's get back to it with scott nason here on espn 1400 620 on the game espn of 1400 scott nason with you coming up here in about 10 minutes we'll be joined by chris dunbar Commissioner of the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, who will give us an update on that conference and what they're doing as far as a potential return to sports, which includes several Lake Superior State University teams. And then around 645, we'll be joined by Mark Yule, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, who will give us an update on the state of high school sports as they navigate through COVID-19. Coming up at 7 o'clock, we'll be talking to Butch Davis from Butch on Sports, who will give us an update on the Detroit Red Wings. Wow. Signing, what, eight free agents over the weekend. Also, the NHL Draft. Butch will talk about that and the world of Detroit sports in our roundtable coming up here momentarily but we have lots of other local sports to cover let's dive into the world of hockey here the Sioux Indians were at home this weekend we had several members of that organization on last week's edition of the game which you can find at the game and Dan Lasley gave us an update from this weekend the Indians fall twice to the Oakland Junior Grizzlies by the score of seven to one and five to one And they will be on the road next weekend in Detroit, taking part in a showcase tournament. They'll take on a bell tire team, Illinois and Alaska. They'll also have another game. So, hey, you know what? Losses are one thing, but just getting on the ice and playing is another, especially during this pandemic. Sioux Eagles will begin play at Polar Stadium tomorrow night, 7 o'clock face-off. They'll take on the U.S. National Development Under-17 team. We talked to their general manager, Bruno Braganolo, last week on the game as the Sioux Eagles trying to get some games together. They do have a lot of exhibition games over the next couple months, and the Eagles will be back on the radio. Not sure as far as tomorrow night and Wednesday, but after those games, we're going to get the Eagles back right here on your home for Sioux Eagles Hockey ESPN 1400. I'll be doing the play-by-play broadcast. Unfortunately, my Partner and color commentator Larry Pazabon, due to the border closure, won't be joining us for those, at least at this point. We're hopeful that he will at some point, but right now, till that border opens up, including our good friend Dave McKegg, host of the Game Sports Show in Sioux, Ontario, who normally joins us on this show. We're not able to get Dave or Larry over, but let's just uh, keep our fingers crossed that we get through this pandemic Right now, things aren't looking real good as far as COVID-19 and cases. We saw a positive case at Sioux Area High School on Sunday. Uh, Superintendent Tim Hall 
sent out a, a press release, an email to parents. Uh, Suhai is not closed due to COVID-19 per health department um, regulations, or I should say recommendations would be a better term, but COVID-19 is here. So please, everyone, continue to take this seriously wear your mask and uh, do your best to social distance because we want to get everything opened up. And the only way that's going to happen, in my opinion, is by, well, just being careful. NHL draft last week. Last week we'll talk more about this with Butch Davis coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. But Sue Greyhounds, they had several players selected in the NHL draft. They had to wait till day two on Wednesday and Captain Ryan O'Rourke was the top Greyhound player selected going in the second round, 39th overall, to the Minnesota Wild. In the fourth round, New Jersey Devils selected Greyhound center Yermir Plitnik with the 99th pick, while St. Louis, they picked Tanner Dixon in the fourth round at 119. And the Calgary Flames drafted center Rory Karens in the sixth round with the 174th pick. One other note, uh, wasn't a draft, but it was a trade. Matt Murray, former Sioux Greyhounds goaltender, he was dealt to Ottawa as the two-time Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins uh, sent him to Ottawa in exchange for a prospect and a pick. And so it looks like Matt Murray will be the starting goaltender for the Ottawa Senators next year. Hey, he's got a couple Stanley Cups to his credit, so I wouldn't bet against him to do great things in Ottawa. They certainly could use the help for the Senators. 31 OHL players were selected in the 2020 NHL draft and several in the first round. 14% of all players drafted represented the OHL, including the number two pick, Quinton Byfeld of the Sudbury Wolves. He goes to the Los Angeles Kings. I'll tell you what, this guy is going to be a superstar. I, I know a lot of talk about Lafreniere, as they should. He's a very good player, but boy, I'll, I'll tell you what, I want Byfield on my team. I was hoping he dropped fourth for the Detroit Red Wings, but L.A. snatched him up, and they should. He is going to be a dynamite player. That kid is big, and he is fast. Jamie Drysdale of Erie, he goes sixth to Anaheim. Jack Quinn of Ottawa, he goes eighth to Buffalo, while Marco Rossi, also of the Ottawa 67s, he goes to the Minnesota Wild at nine. Number 10 selection, Cole Perfetti of Saginaw, he goes to Winnipeg. While Tyson Forster of Barry, he goes 23rd to the Flyers. And Jacob Parole, he goes 27th to the from Sarnia. He goes to the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, or I should say the Anaheim Ducks. You can't call them Mighty anymore. You just have to call them the Ducks. But the Hounds had the most players drafted by the OHL or from the OHL. They get four drafted there. A French River Rapids player was also drafted just one season removed from playing in the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League. Felipe Doust was selected in the sixth round, 158th overall by the Ottawa Senators that on Wednesday. And one draft pick from the WCHA, Michigan Tech freshman Carson Bantle was selected by the Arizona Coyotes with the 18th pick, 142nd overall in the fifth round from Michigan Tech. Well, Ontario Hockey League uh, is still scheduled to start their season in December. We're going to talk more with Butch Davis on this about last week, the health minister from Ontario talking about different regulations if and when the Ontario Hockey League comes back. And this is very interesting. I don't have enough time to get into it during this segment. We're going to talk to Butch about that later on. Basically, it includes no fighting. 
No checking. Face-offs even potentially could be uh, gone by the wayside. Very interesting topic, and we're going to talk more about that in the second hour. You know, we've seen a lot of the physical play of hockey kind of dwindle down over the years. I mean, you look at when the NLJHL started around here, even the, the OHL, physical play, fighting is not as prevalent, but it's still part of hockey, especially the physical play and body checking. I have a hard time seeing hockey without physical contact, without going to the corner, mucking it up, checking. I mean, that's that's part of hockey, and I guess I question why this would be something that fans would want to go see. I understand that due to COVID-19, everything has changed, but would you rather see that or would you rather not see hockey at all? That's a good question. We're going to bring that up in the second hour with Butch Davis, certainly something to keep an eye on. And finally, uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, three city-owned arenas are all running right now as the Sioux Major Hockey and Sioux Peewee Hockey have returned training and other ice activities to the John Rhodes Community Center, the Meekin Center, and GFL Memorial Gardens. they got a brand-new scoreboard at the Gardens. That thing looks fantastic. And so hockey is starting. I know local hockey. We've had some hockey tournaments here over this past weekend. I believe there's another one this weekend, and several leagues are starting. So it's good to see that sports is continuing, and let's hope. That stays the case. We're going to take a break here on the game. We come back. We're going to talk about GLIAC, the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, with their commissioner, Chris Dunbar. As the GLIAC is not playing sports as of now, we're going to find out if and when that might happen in the near future. That's all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, on ESPN 1400. Who hasn't felt protective lately of our families, our communities, our resources? In times like these, we all fight to make sure our people are safe. But at the American Cancer Society, our people, our community, our family is made up of millions of cancer patients and their families. So keeping them safe takes everyone's help. During COVID-19, help us keep vital resources available to cancer patients. Please donate to the American Cancer Society at cancer.org. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie. This is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 
631 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you on this uh, windy and turning into a rainy Monday night in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. Coming up at 645, we'll be talking high school sports with the executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, Mark Ewell. But joining us right now, we have another uh, big name and local name, uh, Commissioner of the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, Chris Dunbar, joining us on the game. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining us tonight, and uh, how you doing? Doing just fine. Thanks a lot for having me on your show, Scott. Well, appreciate you coming on, Chris. I heard you a couple weeks ago on Coach's Corner with Dave Watson, and so I thought, well, we got our show back on the radio, so we want to get our listeners up to date what's going on with the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. But what I like to do during the interviews, Chris, and the first question is just how are you and your family doing during this pandemic of course you're no stranger to anybody listening to the show we've known each other basically our whole lives our families our friends and just basically how are you your husband and your kids doing well thanks um everybody's doing just fine um uh, you know tyler's our older son's down in muskegon plane and being tested on a regular basis and um you know they're they definitely have their cases and their hockey team and Oh, my son's uh, at Sioux High, so um, he just was sent home today with a possible contact situation. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's kind of normal. This is what you deal with nowadays. So we're just getting through it as a family, just like everybody else is right now. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Chris, let's talk about the state of the GLIAC as far as COVID-19 and the fall sports season, uh, which was suspended on August 11th this year after unanimous vote by the GLIAC Athletic Conference Council and Presidents, suspended until January 1st, 2021. Uh, first question I have is, what has gone on since then or as late as far as those sports which of course include locally here at Lake Superior State University, volleyball, cross country, women's tennis, and soccer, or soccer, I should say, in the GLIAC and football. Uh, can you give us any updates as far as what's going on there? Well, right now we're working at moving all of the fall sports to the spring. And uh, we've been doing those schedules and redoing the schedules, but we really work with the coaches group. They have a great idea. They're, they're really super to work with. They, you know, they have a lot of ideas on what works best for them, how many games they want to play. Um, all the fall sports are going to, their student athletes will get their season of eligibility back. So they're just going <clears> to <throat> probably play a single round robin instead of a double round robin. And uh, we're creating those schedules right now to have those in place. We're just trying to get a feel of when they fit in. You know, you're going to be playing, finishing winter sports. Um, and playing spring sports, and then a lot of these these uh, fall playing playing spring sports are going to be playing as well. So we're we're trying to look at the everything in totality. So there, these poor athletic directors and athletic trainers and administrators aren't trying to do four games in one day. So right now it's some schedules and more schedules, redoing them. Um, it's something you don't prepare yourself for, but we've been fortunate that the coaches groups are working very diligently with the conference office. Um, as for winter sports, you know, we're hoping to start those up uh, after July 1st. We're going to condense those seasons a bit, um, but the NCAA has not canceled those championships. So we're probably going to reduce our schedule um, a little bit and then still line up our conference championship with the NCAA tournament. Yeah, the NCAA canceled the Division II fall championships. And my next question, Chris, is being that there's 23 different conferences in Division II, does the GLIAC or yourself have any collaboration with the other conferences, or is the GLIAC taking their own steps forward and measures due to what's going on in this area? 
Well, all 23 Division II conference or Division II commissioners, we work really closely together. So we will let all of each other know what's happening before we actually make the announcement ourselves. So we have meetings weekly, sometimes twice a week. Um, so that a collaborative effort um, has really um, been helpful for me, especially as a fairly new commissioner. I'll work more um, closely with the two conferences that are in our region, which is the GMAC and the GLBC. And those two commissioners, myself, talk quite frequently, but all 23 have really worked together um, just to keep moving Division Two forward as a whole. Chris Dunbar joining us on the game, commissioner of the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. And and Chris, what sort of measures or health and safety guidelines are yourself and the GLIAC taking into consideration for a possible return to play? Uh, you know, being that the GLIAC is not just in Michigan, you have, you know, teams in Ohio, you have teams in Wisconsin, and each state has different rules and guidelines. Really, every state is different. Does that make it more difficult to come up with kind of a unified or one-size-fits-all plan upon return to sports? Well, the NCAA has really um, taken the lead on the safety of bringing sports back. And, um, you know, they put a lot of things into place uh, for fall. And that's honestly when you saw a lot of Division II conferences drop out because um, a lot of our schools didn't have access to the test, didn't have the funding for the test at that point. So, you know, we weren't um, every, you know, Division II uh, conference um, you know, just couldn't really play fall sports. There's a couple of them that did cross country championship, but for the most right. part, all of us just suspended fall. But looking at the winter sports now, the NCAA has a sports science institute, and they have a task force, um, and they have been coming out with a lot of recommendations. The recommendations in the fall became requirements. The recommendations so far for winter sports have just stayed recommendations. So it's not until the end of this month that the Board of Governors, and that's who governs the body of Division One, Division Two, and Division Three, will decide if these um, recommendations become um, requirements for everyone to play sports. And right now, for basketball, they are they're, they're recommending testing three times a week on non-consecutive days. So that's uh, you know that's a lot for Division Two institutions. Um, and like you said, you know we have schools all over, so some can get that kind of access to tests and some can't, but um, really the NCAA has been the one who have led the way. We we have a conference, have a COVID task force, and you know some of the other things that we've been working on are travel, um, what to do with that, what to do when a visiting team comes, what to do with the scores table, um, you know, just all those little things that you have to think about because you're, you're just looking out for the safety uh, of your student athletes and your coaches and the administrators that work the games and also the fans. And then again, like you said, there's, you know, just in Michigan alone, there's you know, what fans, how many fans can be just according to regions. Yeah. Alone, we have schools in Indiana and Wisconsin and Ohio. So it's, we're trying to find, or we're trying to go with state guidelines and, and keep up on all of those and CDC requirements, but also the NCAA really is leading the way for all of us. Chris Dunbar joining us on the game commissioner of the GLIAC. And Chris, you mentioned earlier talking about the winter sports season not starting before January 1st. Uh, looking at a schedule, have you gotten that far yet? Are you looking at maybe conference games only? Are you looking at, you know, more regional games where like the, you know, Ferris and Michigan Tech and Northern and Lakers, Lake State plays each other more? Or have you even gotten that far? Yeah, we're definitely, uh, we've been working on a schedule that's trying to get everybody to agree on how many games to play. You know, you still have some coaches that want to play the full 22 and play the double round robin. You have others that 
understand that we're probably not going to get that. You might need to leave some weekends open. So maybe we do a schedule of 16. So we're still, we're still in the deciding stage right now of how many games we're going to play and, and what that's going to look like. But, you know, we're, we're still, um, you know, plugging along at, at, at working with the coaches groups, working with the athletic directors and also the presidents have become involved, um, because it's ultimately their call on what happens at our institution. So it's been a, it's been interesting. I, I wish things would move faster, but uh, it's just, it's a slow process. Yeah. And that brings me to my next question. You know, this is a challenging time for all of us, but you know, yourself and Mark Yule, who are interviewing next, I can't even imagine how challenging it is to try to, you know, as Dave Watson says, pivot the pandemic or try to do this. And then the next day you get new regulations. What's been the most challenging part, Chris, as far as being the GLIAC commissioner during this pandemic, what's been the most uh, challenging thing? Um, I, I, I guess really the scheduling, um, just because so many of the, the schools are on different pages. Um, they all, you know, have different, and they're on different pages because they have access to tests. Some have more resources than others. Um, you know, it's just, it's hard to come up with a one size fits all. <laughs> I had a fellow commissioner tell me once, if you give the schedule out and everybody's unhappy, then you've done your job. Exactly. <laughs> kind of how I feel right now. You know, we're, we're just, we can put a schedule together, but then one person doesn't like it. And, you know, you kind of go back to the drawing board and um, you can say majority rules, but, you know, you're really trying to, you're trying to make everybody um, happy with moving forward. But I, to me, really scheduling has been uh, the, the toughest part just because you get something done and then you think you've got an answer and then the finish line changes and it moves out even further and then you have to start over again and keep running and I just I feel like we have not gotten to the finish line and it's just so frustrating. Chris Dunbar joining us on the game, uh, commissioner of the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. A couple more questions for you, Chris, before we let you go. When we do get back to the games and, you know, it looks like the winter sports season would be the first one playing. What is the legal or I should say the conference looking at as far as, you know, mandating masks potentially for athletes, uh, spectator limits? Uh, where does the GLIAC stand on that? Or is that up to the university and just the region or location of the school a lot of the region and location of the school uh you know we'll we'll definitely look and see where everybody is come january you know that's the one thing it's hard to predict um you know we could come up with some guidelines today and put everything in place but we're probably going to change it those are going to change by january so we tried to have some patience in putting things in place because everything does seem to change on a weekly basis or hourly basis but you know, we're definitely looking at the, the state mandates, local, um, regional mandates, and we'll just uh, work with them accordingly. And what the institutions are are feeling um, is what they're comfortable with. I'm sure we'll have some institutions that don't want fans at all. And, um, you know, we're not going to make them have fans. It's certainly going to be up to, uh, to each institution on what they feel is comfortable and right for their campus. Chris, I'm going to... I have this last question end on a, on a happier note. Of course, you're from the Sioux. You played four years at Lake State women's basketball. You coach and had great success at Lake State in women's basketball. You're also, also the athletic director for many years at Lake State. If you could pick your fondest memory from any of those uh, eras in your life, what would it be? Oh, I loved coaching. Uh, it was just uh, the fondest memories is when your alumni come back 
So it's kind of wrapped up in coaching and being an athletic director. Um, you know, you stay a part of their lives. They, they, I had a couple of them. They were on some girls weekend. Uh, there were three of them on a girls weekend a, a little while ago and, and they FaceTimed me and it was great to talk to them. And, and they are you know, like, well, thanks for picking up coach because it makes us feel young too to kind of go back there. So really the coaching part, but the impact of the coach that you make on a student athlete is just second to none. They're, they're your family. He was the heart of your family, and he taught you our history. He helped you fix your first flat. He was the best backyard DJ around. And every time he'd tell a story, he'd own the room. But now more than ever, he may feel alone. Today, older adults and their loved ones are struggling to connect in a time when connection has never been more important. But there is something we can do. Embrace our older loved ones through StoryCorps Connect. With StoryCorps Connect, you can honor seniors remotely with an interview about their life. Every interview will be archived at the Library of Congress, becoming part of American history, so that years from now, future generations can listen in. All right, Grandpa, what's one piece of advice you have for me? Just three words, sweetheart. Live with courage. The man that had the best stories still has plenty of stories to tell. So connect virtually and share the conversation of a lifetime at StoryCorpConnect.org slash AARP. Connect, honor, share. StoryCorps Connect. A message from AARP, StoryCorps, and the Ad Council. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. 645 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. I want to apologize to our last guest, Chris Dunbar. She actually accidentally got disconnected there just as she was giving her last answer, but we appreciate her coming on and certainly look forward to getting her on again uh, throughout the season for GLIAC Sports. Joining us right now, the executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, which is a private not-for-profit corporation, a voluntary membership by more than 1,500 public and private sector high school and junior high middle schools across the state, which exists to develop common rules for athletic eligibility and competition. Mark Yule joining us here on the game. Mark, really appreciate you coming on. How you doing today? I'm well, Scott. Good to be with you. Mark, I did not do that from top of my head. I actually had to write that down. But, Mark, one of the things we like to do here on the game is just talk to our guests and see how they're doing throughout this pandemic before we get to the high school sports and all the different things. Mark, you have ties here in the Eastern Upper Peninsula. I know you got some uh, kids in high school and other areas that play sports. How are you and your family doing? You know, we're hanging in there, I guess. Uh, So, first of all, my... uh, 
wife is a Sault Ste. Marie native, so uh, Marcy Bell was yep. her need or uh, um, uh, before marriage. So I uh, need to give a quick shout out to my in-laws, Arlen Levada Bell, who uh, I know are listening on the extended Bell family up there. But uh, it's got to, it's been interesting because I've got um, three current athletes myself. I've got a our oldest is actually a college swimmer. Oh wow! He's at Hope College, and so it's been interesting. To see how the, uh, I know you just had uh, Chris Dunbar on with the GLIAC, but it's been interesting to see how the MIAA has been uh, navigating uh, fall sports. And then our uh, middle son is a pretty good three-sport athlete, currently a football player at DeWitt High School. And then our eighth grader is our daughter, and she's currently playing middle school volleyball. So it's been interesting juggling all the uh, responsibilities with the day job and navigating the pandemic and how do we get kids back to play and to do it safely. But yet, uh, you know, a lot of people think that we administrators are sometimes detached and really don't have our finger on the pulse. And, uh, you know, I head home and my wife, uh, Marcy, is still a high school basketball coach here in DeWitt. So I get the perspective at home of uh, two current uh, high school and middle school athletes as well as a high school coach. So, like all families, I hope uh, we're doing as well as can be expected, but uh, uh, would really give uh, anything to return, uh, just any hints of normalcy here. So, Yeah, I, I would echo that, Mark, indeed, and hello to the Bell family listening in. Mark, let's talk about the state of high school sports as they stand right now, and by right now, I mean... October 12th, 2020 at 650, because things change uh, on a daily, weekly, and sometimes hourly basis. Let's let's start with fall sports and high school football. This has received a lot of your attention uh, around the state, even nationally, and hard to believe we're already two-thirds of the way through the regular season. We have seen cancellations, especially in the western end of the UP, among other places. Uh, you know, you said there would be challenges for this season. I think anybody that knew high school sports and football were coming on there would be challenges how are you uh are you satisfied with how things have gone so far actually i'm incredibly pleased with how the fall has uh really gotten to this point you are correct you need to really take stock on on almost a daily basis because things can change very quickly but we always believe that you know kids were going to find sports and given the fact that they were they far and away would be safest in our programs uh um, with the accountability that schools have, with the uh, protocols and safety measures we had in place. And, you know, we, we all got a little bit derailed with uh, Executive Order 160, which really uh, did not allow football to continue in the padded practices back uh, on August the 14th. But all things considered, yeah, we've had some, you know, some uh, COVID shutdowns and certainly uh, up in Copper Country to where, their schools have been closed for the last two weeks. But what you can't forget when it comes to football is we've had 95% plus of our football schools play yeah. the first four weeks of the regular season. So, yeah, you can certainly, and in, in too, the, the media in general loves to find where the positive cases are and all the game canceled. But, again, if we're going to be able to continue to educate kids and to educate kids through sports, and we're going to do this here as we continue to navigate COVID – Having positive cases and having teams have to shut down for a week or two at different uh, times, that's just part of the new reality that we have to deal with. If, if we were going to wait, Scott, until uh, cases were down to zero and there were no, the, the virus had basically disappeared, 
Uh, we would still be shut down, I would think, until next summer at the absolute earliest. So this is just something that we have to navigate. When you have positive cases, here's how we handle those. But no school communities where uh, things are looking good. We have to keep moving forward. Certainly reducing as much COVID risk as possible, but yet uh, not forgetting about uh, the mental health benefits of uh, our kids right now being active. Mark Ewell joining us on the game, executive director of the MHSAA. Mark, let's talk football playoffs. Uh, The good news for this pandemic is almost all the teams make it. Everyone in 11 player football will make it in here in a few weeks where the majority of teams in eight player football will make it. Uh, you can get more information on the MHSA website. A couple questions here, Mark. One, are there a certain amount of games that need to be played in order to be playoff eligible? For example, Escanaba, a team to our West that's in Sioux High's district, has only played one game due to COVID. And and secondly, has the MHSCA determined a final site for 11-player and 8-player player, excuse me, football at this time? Three really good questions there. So let's start first. Uh, you have to play four games to be in the tournament. However, and there is a big caveat to this, that we did put in a waiver procedure for this fall so let's say a school like Escanaba, they can only play three games. They would be able to ask our office for a waiver of the four-game minimum. And if they've had a bona fide team and just circumstances outside of their control prevented them from playing those four games on the field, they would still get to be a part of the tournament um, just because, again, they had a team, were ready to play, and circumstances uh, beyond their control impacted that. We are close to announcing uh, a location for our 11-player finals without uh, giving away the location. It does appear that the indoor stadium in Detroit, Michigan, is a very likely return location for us, and uh, hopefully in the next few days we'll be able to announce that. I'll stop being coy. We're, we're close to having <laughs> an agreement with Ford Field for our 11-player final. And then the one that that is going to be a little bit challenging and we need a little more time is the location of our eight-player finals. Uh, Northern Michigan University, like many other Michigan colleges, moved up their academic year to really shut everything down by Thanksgiving. So for them to uh, open up the dome for us, uh, that is not going to be an option for eight-player. Part of it is we may look, uh, Scott, at, at what teams could potentially advance we now have so many turf field options all over the state, whether that's Petoskey, Gaylord, Midland, and it may be a case of we would wait until the semifinals, see what some of the possible pairings would be, and then announce those uh, eight-player final sites just to be the most uh, equitable in terms of the schools that could be involved. So um, should have definite news on the 11-player finals uh, eight player, a uh, little more fluid, but uh, we're getting close to some announcements on both fronts. Look forward to the updates, Mark, and we'll certainly update our listeners here on the game. Mark, uh, other fall sports, we talked about local sports earlier. You, you have cross country going on, boys soccer and volleyball here in the Upper Peninsula. You had to make some changes as far as finals, uh, athletes wearing masks while participating. How are those sports going, and, and the, are there any other recent changes that have happened? So we've had to tweak the, uh, the the size of the finals field in both tennis and golf, and those uh, you know those uh, UP championships um, in golf at least those don't happen until the spring. But uh, downstate those uh, finals are this coming weekend, so 
uh, golf and uh, tennis regionals uh, successfully got in. Again, just a few little tweaks. Um, our swim finals, which uh, downstate again, uh, girls swim is in the fall. We've had to do a few things that uh, still having a statewide tournament, but maybe the size of the field in terms of the competitors that are going to be uh, present is going to be a little bit smaller just so we can manage this year. And then uh, really uh, soccer um, going on here in the lower peninsula and volleyball, it's really full speed ahead. I, I know that, that the face covering requirement is one that really creates some heartburn for some people, but the fact of the matter is it was an executive order of Governor Whitmer. It has since uh, become an emergency order of uh, the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. We can all point to studies. We can all point to data. We can all point to opinions about good idea, bad idea. The, 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 the bottom line here is face coverings have to be worn currently in soccer, volleyball, and football. And the alternative right now to that is us not playing. And uh, I know that uh, it, it is a hindrance. It, it certainly is a bother. But, you know, uh, talking to my own senior son who's a football player, um, you know, right now he would be willing to play almost in a bathing suit. <laughs> if that meant that his senior, you know, I'm using the old uh, League of Their Own line. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is for everything our kids have been through the last seven months, push comes to shove, they just want to play. And I think sometimes uh, our teenagers uh, do a better good uh, job of uh, kind of coming to grips with that than uh, maybe sometimes moms and dads do. So um, we're uh, hanging in there. It is what it is. And um, we're hoping to have some more guidance from Health and Human Services regarding winter sports and, and what the face covering requirement uh, could look like. Certainly a sport like basketball, uh, lots of questions. That was going to be my next question, Mark, as far as winter sports, which is scheduled to have their practices begin in about a month. Uh, are all things a go as far as, you know, the basketballs, the wrestlings, the hockeys of the world coming up here? We're currently, uh, everything is a go on time. Um, I would uh, not be honest if I didn't say that there were still some real challenges ahead with wrestling. Um, awfully tough to social distance uh, during a wrestling meet. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and then you got to see how the face covering is going to play into that. You know, certainly uh, with basketball, um, you know, the, fa the the troublesome thing right now, Scott, is that you look at the COVID numbers over the last three weeks and we're really seeing some increases. Yep. So the, uh, you know, the, the push to go in the opposite direction about face covering, um, I don't see those numbers trending that way. And again, we need to be prepared to, uh, to figure things out and to work through a winter season to where face coverings could be required. But uh, hopefully here we'll, uh, we'll continue to have uh, good conversations and hopefully our, our state health leaders um, can listen to some input uh, as we just keep uh, moving forward. Mar, we got two minutes left. I wanted to finish on officials. Uh, I do officiating up here for baseball and softball, and I'm not a young guy, but I'm one of the young guys that is still around. And the MHSCA, they make it, I think, very easy for those that want to get involved because I know a lot of sports are looking for officials. There's shortages up here, and there's probably shortages across the state. What does someone need to do, if you can give an answer in about a minute as far as if they want to officiate, what steps need to be done? So we're always looking for uh, new officials. Um, one of, you know, so we've gotten a little bit of a challenge with COVID because we've had some officials not return given their age, right. and underlying health conditions and all those things. What's interesting is you go back almost 50 years of history. Our numbers have gone up whenever there have been tough economic times. Right. 
So I do believe that we're going to have an influx here of new people just because of what uh, the virus has done to some families and and, uh, economic situations. So um, there's going to be opportunities. We always need more officials. Go to MHSAA.com. That's our website. Click on officials, and uh, we can really get you registered, and uh, we can begin the training process in a really short order. So uh, MHSAA.com, click on officials. We're telling you uh, there's not a better spot to be if you want to stay connected, you want to stay young, and uh, continue to be active become a high school sports official today. Yeah, I love it. I enjoyed and looking forward to the spring. Mark Ewell joining us on the game, executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Mark, really appreciate you coming on. I would love to get you on here in a couple months for another update. It's a tough job, but you're doing a great job. Thanks for coming on and uh, look forward to talking to you again here in the near future, sir. Sounds great. Thanks, Scott. All right, that's going to do it for hour one of the game, but don't go anywhere. We got hour two with Butch Davis from Butch on Sports coming up on the Twin Sues only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, here on ESPN fourteen hundred. Since nineteen sixteen, a lot of independent agents have recommended Auto Owners Insurance, and a lot of parents have taken that recommendation to heart. So have a lot of their children, and grandchildren, and great grandchildren. As we celebrate our first 100 years, Auto Owners Insurance thanks all those who have put their trust in us and all the generations who will. Visit Madigan Pingator Insurance Services today on Water Street in Sioux, Michigan or at MadiganPingator.com. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, just off I-75 in Rudyard, inviting you to stop in and see the largest selection of equipment in the eastern Upper Peninsula. To complement our full line of Mahindra tractors, we have trailers including goosenecks, dumps, cargoes, car haulers, and utility trailers. We also have a full line of lawn and garden equipment with Cub Cadet and Exmark. Over 50 mowers to choose from, a full line of parts, and we service what we sell. Looking for an outdoor wood or pellet furnace or parts? We stock water pumps, exchangers, peck supplies, and more. Also, Check out our full line of Boss and Fisher snow and ice equipment. Here at Gaylor Thompson and Rogerard, we are open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon, for your convenience. Just off I-75 in Rudyard, 30 minutes from the bridge. If you need it, we have it. Give us a call at 906-478-3026. Hope to see you here. Would you like to pay off your house a little sooner than planned? Do you think it might be nice to have some extra money in your wallet? At Old Mission Bank, we've been busy saving our customers thousands of dollars by refinancing their home loans, and we want to help you too. Let our experienced lenders take a look at your specific situation to see how we might take some time off your mortgage, put some extra cash in your pocket, or take equity out to complete a major project. Would you like to know more? Call one of our experienced loan officers or apply directly online at ombloans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, proudly serving our community for 20 years. FDIC insured equal housing lender who hasn't felt protective lately of our families our communities our resources in times like these we all fight to make sure our people are safe but at the american cancer society our people our community our family is made up of millions of cancer patients and their families so keeping them safe takes everyone's help During COVID-19, help us keep vital resources available to cancer patients. Please donate to the American Cancer Society at cancer.org. Let's get to the second half of the game here on ESPN 1400. WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's sports leader. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. 
Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400, powered by GEM, the game entertainment and media. You can also hear podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.podbean.com, as well as thegamesportshow.com, Spotify, Apple, as well as PodTrail, Facebook, and Instagram. Hour two as we shift from local to a regional perspective on the world of sports. And joining us, co-host of this show, The Game, and host of his own show, Butch on Sports. Brand new edition released last night, which you can find on Facebook. Just look up Butch on Sports. You can also go to his podcast page, Simply Butch 2. That's T-O-O.Podomatic.com. Or you can find Butch on Sports on all our platform of the game. As Butch joins us each and every week to talk about what's going on in the Metro Detroit sports world and the sports world in general. Butch, how you doing on this uh, chilly, rainy Monday night? Chilly and waiting for the rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's it's here. I'll send some down your way. No, please. No, help. <laughs> Butch, let's start with the Detroit Red Wings. And one of the things, I listened to your show this morning, one of the things I liked you that you said about the Wings, uh, and we'll talk about the draft, but a lot of free agent signings is, they're getting players that want to play in Detroit. And I think that's very important because, you know, the Detroit Red Wings right now, not exactly top of the NHL, but Steve Eisman, new general manager, look what happened with Tampa Bay. He was general manager down there. They win a Stanley Cup. They're getting some names, maybe not the biggest names, but guys that want to play in Detroit, eight free agent signings over the weekend. Just give us an update on what's going on with the Wings. Yeah, the Wings has done a whole heck of a lot. They're flying. Everybody but their mother. And if I said they're going around doing that. I think so, yeah. Uh, Bobby Ryan, he has uh, ties in Michigan. Uh, that that was a, a good doggone move in general there. Uh, John Merrill, he has ties in Michigan and, and with the uh, Metropolitan Detroit area. You know, it, it, those are two good players right then and there, but he didn't stop there. He went and got him a goaltender there, and a goaltender, pretty doggone good one indeed, from uh, New Jersey. Uh, where is his name? Okay, goalie Tommy Grass there. Uh, uh, he got him, and a pretty good one, yeah. And what the Red Wings did not have, they, you know, and I can't blame everything on Jimmy Howard, although he was let go by the skin of his chinny-chin-chin, chin, <laughs> you know. Uh, but again... You you want players right now who's going to be stable, who's going to give their all, and again, who wants to be here. There, and I think Jimmy Howard right now was more complex with a raise and rather than saying, you know what, I'll take a loss. And he did say that. I'm betting ten to one to a dozen of donuts there, he would have been retained. But again, that may not came on out of the conversation. Uh, he was told in advance, and he's gone. Uh, Troy Stretchers, another one, two years uh, for the Red Wings. He's also a defenseman, someone we greatly need there. Yeah. And uh, this uh, late last night, uh, the the uh, Vladimir Kozlov nephew, they signed him to uh, a nice little piece of change there, a good two year contract there. I forgot his name. Vladislav named Stickoff. Yeah, right. Thank Something you. like that. Because <laughs> if I you pronounce it there, I will jack that. Back <laughs> I know. I was waiting for it, Butch. I was yeah, waiting for it. It's going to take a while for that one here, you know? But again, and I don't think he's finished. I don't think he's finished at all. I think there's a lot of spots of the Red Wings that. Um, 
right now need to be replaced. And there's some Red Wings that need to be loaned or be known in advance that this is not going to be a team that fosters the way they have in the past. That you either put up an effort or Steve Eisberg is going to find a way to put you out of town by sundown. And, and, and he's getting the players. He's, he's got to get some players right now for the draft choices that he made in order for those particular players to season. So when you start bringing up these younger and talented players, uh, they will fit in as far as knowing their job, their, their, what they need to do. And they just do their job. Uh, Steve Eisman believes that they'll be, uh, playoff material. Butch, the Detroit Red Wings also had their draft last week, and, well, they go to a familiar country where they've had a lot of success. Well, they, You mentioned Russia, but Sweden was the uh, first three picks as far as home country for the Detroit Red Wings, including the number four pick forward Lucas Raymond, uh, 5'11", 183 pounds, playing in the Swedish Elite League. They also took a defenseman in William Wallander and forward Theodore Niederback in the second and third round, and another familiar name. We got a Draper on the squad. Keenan Draper, the son of Chris Draper, of course, uh, one, I believe, a scout for the Detroit Red Wings. What did you think of the draft for the, uh, the Wings? The draft was a, a squeaker by any means there, but he was left. No one picked him up, so the Red Wings picked him up there. You know, that's like uh, a loyalty acquisition right. for the Red Wings there. We can make out to be like his pop there. Uh, we got some pretty good doggone fillings for the Red Wings upcoming in the years to come there. Butch Davis joining us on the game, host of Butch on Sports and co-host of the game. Butch, let's move to the Detroit Lions. Not a lot to talk about this weekend because they didn't play. The Lions had a bye week. They'll be in Jacksonville next Sunday. Uh, one thing I heard uh, Terry Bradshaw, no fan of Matt Patricia. He was quoted yesterday as saying, Patricia can't coach a lick. Can't mm -hmm. say I uh, disagree there. Uh, what's going on in Lions land off the bye week, a one and three start? Uh, lots of question marks. Uh, what, are, what are you hearing down there? Well, what they had was some light practices or something up to Wednesday night, uh, Thursday morning after they re re would release to hopefully do the right thing and stay in type of bubble containment there. Uh, they were told, and this is against in, uh, <clears throat> NFL rules, that they leave town. <clears throat> if they do in the NFL find out, then it's going to be curtains for those particulars right. there. But if they did what they're supposed to do and uh, kept themselves safe, uh, we shouldn't have any problems such as the Titans and some other teams out here in the NFL right now who's catching a whole lack of hell mm. because of them breaking rules or basically uh, not understanding the rules of the NFL as far as keep Colford safe there. Butch, the Tigers aren't playing in the Major League Baseball playoffs, but uh, you on your show last night in the search for a manager, you mentioned a very interesting name that you thought should be given uh, maybe a shot at Tigers manager. Uh, give us an update on the Tigers and that individual that you mentioned. I mentioned Don Kelly. I like Don it. Don Kelly for years right now, you know, since he's been retiring, that, you know, his stay in the major league was very short indeed there. However, he's been a coach for the Pittsburgh Pirates. A lot of people like him uh, as far as his enthusiasm and his, and his style of coaching. Uh, that would be someone that they talk about. 
Marcus Timms is another person that has been mentioned oh. in the New York Yankees coaching staff that would bring some dividends. He is a marvelous hitting coach. As you see the New York Yankees right now, there, there are no slouches when it comes down to hitting the baseball, especially out of the park and, and elsewhere. You can name it here <laughs> for, you know, something Detroit has been lacking for a quite some time there. A good, hitting team and also teams that basically uh, if you have the capability to have some power to hit the ball out the park uh, to be taught how to you know to harness that power and, and and deal with the baseball out the park and get runs that way as well there right? uh, Tigers don't have it and uh, that's quite strange the manager that they hire We'll have to do a whole heck of a lot if they don't hire Lloyd McClendon, which is going to get consideration as well as far as the interview is concerned. You can uh, bet your bottom dollar that McClendon may bring a couple, but if another new manager is brought in, I'm quite sure a lot of those uh, those uh, positions for the Detroit Tigers are not going to be retained. They're going to be let out the door as quickly as you say, get out of town by sundown. That they're going to be gone. So it's a it's a big decision with you when you have a general manager like Alavilla there who got to make some decisions for the best interest. Every position right now with Detroit Tigers is on is on warranty, okay, and or warrant to be replaced. There, uh, they were not a very good hitting team. They were not a very good pitching team. They were not a very good bullpen team. Uh, defense it was a little better this year than they have been in past, and that's basically because of the makeup of Alavilla put in uh, players of being able to field the baseball there and did a um, uh, pretty miraculous job for those kids to be young as they are there. Uh, you, you're going to have some changes there, and they're well worth it there. You know, you have some Torkelsons down down there, and the Rogers, who read Jake Rogers, and some other players who are ready to come up here and raise some sand so they can uh, put their name on, on, on a star that, you know, they're uh, going to be competitive. Uh, Detroit needs that. And right now, they, they know – Majority of the Detroit teams know that they're on notice when it comes down to the fans' tolerance of uh, them continuing to lose and not be competitive there. Butch Davis from Butch on Sports joining us on the game. Butch, a final score in in the ALCS. America's team, as I'm calling them, the Tampa Bay Rays, they knock out the Yankees and they knock out the team that everybody's rooting against, maybe outside of Houston, the Astros by a score of four to two. They lead that series two game to nothing. Uh, are you rooting for the Rays? Uh... <laughs> Can't be rooting for the Astros. Come on. You know, I... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm rooting for any team. You know, this year I'm like I can't really go on out my way. Although <laughs> actually, I am lover that I am there. Um, I'm quite sure that series is not over. But the, right now, you know what? The Rays are really shocking. They are. They have a lot of no name players. Oakland this year was very good there, and these are clubs of not spinning. I arm and a leg to get a player in their lineup. I'm not saying they're going to be able to keep them down the road a piece 
or be delightful for maybe a, uh, a player to get somewhat up and coming that they would stay around in Oakland or not take a chance of free agency to get the money that they think uh, Major League Baseball and other sports, which right now they're on a down cycle of giving away free money now there. Those days, uh, you can about, you know, rest assured right now, they're done. There's too many players out here who will play for less who want to be here rather than you stick that money and and lock yourself up where you can't do anything else with the team but pay that particular player or stress yourself out on trying to trade someone. Butch, we had Mark Ewell on in the last segment, executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, and a couple of things he mentioned in the show. One, obviously the fall season is moving forward. Uh, They're about to make an announcement uh, likely this week as far as the championships for 11-player football at Ford Field as well as the winter sports season, which begins in a month on as schedule. We talk about what's going on here locally with high school sports. We've seen a lot of cancellations, especially in the Western UP. As far as football games, we had our first COVID positive case here at Sioux High School yesterday. What's going on in your neck of the woods as far as high school sports? Well, it's the same, almost the same thing. Not as much as I would say right now I'm seeing up north there where the, the cuts and also the middle of the state yeah. and where and we're talking about near Lansing or somewhere maybe like Grand Rapids or something that in that area where teams have had to, you know, reschedule or a cut back because of COVID nineteen and the players uh getting either caught or in coming in contact with someone who's getting caught. Uh the one thing I don't know the I mean in the rules state very simply because of state regulations or whatever, maybe how many people and fans you can get in there, uh, family members or whatever they may uh, so-called call. But uh, at games, I've been uh, noticing, okay, and not staying around, but noticing uh, I don't see that rule very relaxed, okay? I see uh, a lot of teams going overboard, the crowd uh, control there. And this is even if they're not in the stadium, but around the stadium per se there. And, you know, sometimes you, you feel bad because these teams, uh, high school teams, they're Detroit Lions, okay? Uh, the town feeds off of that with income. It feeds off of that with merchants buying, uh, and, and restaurants being open or, or after, uh, uh, after, uh, you know, celebration places, restaurants and the whole nine yards there. They feed off of that. And you really can't, uh, really not blame them to be able to do that. One thing I do see the MHSAA doing a lot of is that they're looking at the television uh, that uh, in the filming that they have made available for a lot of teams that they can film the games where a lot of the fans can see it via the Internet or maybe a smart TV or something there. So that could be an option per se rather than go to the game if it's available for your team. It's going to be filmed or, for that matter, uh, camera crew being there via the school or whatever it may be. But, you know, I don't see – 
I don't see the, some of the safety involved. Man, maybe the state will have to get in there and investigate some teams and set some examples or set some warnings or something out there. But that's the only thing I've seen to play there. Uh, as far as uh, the competitors of state, oh, everybody's a competitor because everyone will be in the playoffs. Butch, final question in this segment for our regional sports coverage. Uh, the NBA Finals, we'll talk about in the round table. The Lakers win in six games over Miami. Anything out of the Detroit Pistons? I know they've been pretty quiet on the Pistons front. Uh, what can you tell us about that organization? Nothing other than the particular camp that they held like a couple of weeks ago, a mini camp for their younger players there. That's is about what all we have heard so far from the Detroit Pistons as far as trades or 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 deals or even things about draft choices per se that they're being very hush hush in the area there. The only big news that came out of those particular uh particulars there with uh, the Red Wing manager not Red Wing manager, but the owner of the Tigers and the Red Wings, as well as the Lions, it's a massive layoff that's being yeah. uh, induced because of no fans not being able to be at the games or, again, um, no participation at those particular venues where people can make money. So they're very much so getting laid off there. Butch, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk national sports in our roundtable. Lots to talk about NFL football week five, NBA finals. We'll talk about all that and more coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local regional national sports show, The Game, here on ESPN 1400. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. He was the heart of your family, and he taught you our history. He helped you fix your first flat. He was the best backyard DJ around. And every time he'd tell a story, he'd own the room. But now more than ever, he may feel alone. Today, older adults and their loved ones are struggling to connect in a time when connection has never been more important. But there is something we can do. Embrace our older loved ones through StoryCorps Connect. With StoryCorps Connect, you can honor seniors remotely with an interview about their life. Every interview will be archived at the Library of Congress, becoming part of American history, so that years from now, future generations can listen in. All right, Grandpa, what's one piece of advice you have for me? Just three words, sweetheart. Live with courage. The man that had the best stories still has plenty of stories to tell. So connect virtually and share the conversation of a lifetime at StoryCorpConnect.org slash AARP. Connect, honor, share. StoryCorp Connect. A message from AARP, StoryCorps, and the Ad Council. 
Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 722 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. or continue to be joined by Butch Davis for the roundtable portion of the show. Our other co-hosts, EJ Russell and David McKegg Jr., unable to be with us tonight. We look forward to talking to them either next week or in the near future. And uh, Butch, let's start with the NFL Week 5. We talked about the Lions not playing. The Packers also locally one of two teams with bye weeks. And due to covid There's been a lot of schedule adjustments, including Tuesday night, uh, the game Buffalo and Tennessee is on. The Titans did not have any positive cases today, so it looks like that one will be played. We saw a cancellation this weekend at Denver and New England. Uh, Lots of other changes. They moved the Jets-Chargers game from next week to week 11, along with other games, including the Jacksonville at, at the Chargers, Chargers at Broncos, many others. And it's something I think we're going to see, but on the field. What were your takes from week five? Some of the games maybe you watched and uh, some of the highlights. Okay, I'm back muted out here. Yeah. Uh, Kansas City and Oakland was one of those games I uh, I took uh, notice of. That that was a pretty doggone good game indeed. Uh, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh was another game. Claypool uh, mm. was... Uh, I put him on my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah. Was a beast there yesterday from the, by the way, from Canada. That's right. Oh, and by the way, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Listening to us today, I I blessed myself with some beverages as soon as I came home from work. Not a boy. You can't. You know, normally I would take the day off, whatever, maybe, and really. Toot up a storm here, but you can't do that. So I'm social distancing my 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 beverages and whatnot here. Shoot, they're all standing in line right now. Here. <laughs> I, I, those two games I saw there. I did see the Dallas game where Dak Prescott got messed up very very bad. Okay. Tough to watch. Uh, that was. Too tough to watch there, but it happened there. And after you celebrate uh, Smith coming back to the Redskins, yeah. you see Dak Prescott get almost the same thing landed in his court where the, the bones were shifting <sighs> out the skin there. And when you're seeing stuff and hearing stuff like that there, that that I guess that a whole lot of mommies and daddies saying, no, you cannot play football. Because, Boy, you got that right. You know, that was something uh, that was not, you know, not too warming there. But again, we saw also oh, good game. Arizona got back on their wheels again and uh, and and did some damage uh, in in their close West Division there. Uh, the East Division again. <laughs> Dallas is winning their division. Uh, two and two and what? Two and three. <laughs> yeah, with a nil under a five hundred record there. So it's going to be a lot of changes there, back and forth. But again, teams like well, you know, Tampa Bay, uh, they they took care of business. Uh, Atlanta. I'm sorry to say that their coach is out in the street yep. and their general manager as well. Uh, we knew that was going to happen because the talk on national TV, just like the talk on national TV on the Detroit Lions coaching staff, was really rampant there. So and the Lions are very lucky this week to be on by, but if they don't do well 
in Jacksonville, yeah, somebody's going to be tooting somebody's horn here. Yeah, Butch, my takes on the NFL, and I agree, the, the Kansas City-Las Vegas Raiders game to me was, was the big surprise of the week. I mean, you know, look, look at what Carr did. You know, this is a guy that doesn't have big games passing and doesn't go for the deep ball, and he did against, uh, uh, you know, what looked like a pretty subpar Kansas City defense yesterday, uh, beating the Chiefs 40-32. to I really didn't see that one coming. Uh, Carolina, that's a team that's very interesting to me. Me, you know, they they start 0 2, they lose Christian McCaffrey, and all they've done is win since then. And Teddy Bridgewater, I like his game, I like what he's doing. He gives that team a very good look. Carolina could surprise some people in that West Division. Uh, the Rams, not a lot of people talking about the Rams, but they just go out and, and win games. They very easily could be 5 and 0 if it wasn't for a, a questionable call against Buffalo. They run a rough shot over Washington. You mentioned Arizona and Pittsburgh, big wins yesterday. Uh, Baltimore got back on track and knocking off Cincinnati 27 to three. I thought this, the Bengals might give them a little bit of a more of a fight, but you know, Baltimore had that big Monday night loss against Kansas city, but you still got to put them as one of the favorites in the AFC along with Kansas city and Buffalo. And the other big surprise, Butch was Miami going out to San Francisco and just laying a whooping to the 49ers by the, yeah, 43 to 17. And you know, everybody's talking about when are we going to see Tua Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's saying not so fast. I'm still playing some good football, and while Miami probably isn't a Super Bowl contender, they're going to be tough for a lot of teams, I think. You mentioned Dallas over the Giants and that Prescott injury. Just you know, it's just a reminder that it's a very violent and dangerous game, and just to see that and to see the reaction of the players and fans, it's, it's never anything that you want to see. Cleveland, four and one. They defeat Indianapolis 32 to 23. Butch, you and I have been very high on the Browns this season. EJ Russell, who was at the game yesterday, he's maybe maybe that convinced him being in person, seeing that game. Cleveland looking good. And uh, you know, they're a contender and they go to Pittsburgh next week in what will be one of the best games of the week. And, and finally, last night, boy, Seattle. Never pick against the Seahawks when they're playing a primetime game at home. They just find a way to win. It looked like Minnesota was going to steal that game and maybe get their season back on track. But, boy, what can you say about Russell Wilson? This is a guy that's never gotten an MVP vote, and he just gets the job done. Seattle 5-0, and and they're looking good in the and NFC these West. These are quarterbacks that uh, were well forgotten. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's a third round, and... Yet still, he beat out quarterbacks that they went out and signed and and to to pick contracts only to for this young man during the preseason to beat them all out. And you mentioned a couple quarterbacks there: Fitzpatrick, uh, Bridgewater. These are quarterbacks that the Lions could have went out there yep. and said, "We need a very good backup here because what uh, Matthew Stafford give us may not be enough when he gets in his mood and whatnot. <laughs> we need someone to wake us on up." Dallas had that yesterday, and Dylan, um, not Dylan, I keep Dalton, yeah. Oh, man. Dylan here, uh, you know. Close. <laughs> you. <laughs> he hasn't played for a while. Yeah, you know, Marshall Dylan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, but Dallas would not won that game. It wasn't from an experience of quarterback yesterday uh, for for them to win. Uh, you know, there's some 
quarterbacks were out here right now here. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, just off I-75 in Rudyard, inviting you to stop in and see the largest selection of equipment in the eastern Upper Peninsula. To complement our full line of Mahindra tractors, we have trailers including goosenecks, dumps, cargos, car haulers, and utility trailers. We also have a full line of lawn and garden equipment with Cub Cadet and Exmark. Over 50 mowers to choose from, a full line of parts, and we service what we sell. Looking for an outdoor wood or pellet furnace or parts? We stock water pumps, exchangers, peck supplies, and more. Also, Check out our full line of Boss and Fisher snow and ice equipment. Here at Gaylor Thompson and Rudyard, we are open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon, for your convenience. Just off I-75 in Rudyard, 30 minutes from the bridge. If you need it, we have it. Give us a call at 906-478-3026. Hope to see you here. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. And we're back on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason and Butch Davis back with you. We have reestablished contact with Butch. And Butch, uh, before we uh, went to break, you were just uh, talking about the quarterbacks and the Lions. And, you know, obviously this season, we don't know where the Lions are going to finish. It's probably going to be somewhere where they get a high draft pick. And, you know, just the fact that, you know, it's 12 years with Matt Stafford. And, you know, the Lions have lots of problems. But, you know, this offseason or, you know, even maybe this season, Lions really got to start looking at getting that backup quarterback, don't they? Yes, they do. They got to get something that's worthwhile here and, and then some. Um, fans in Detroit know right now, and, and we've known that for quite some time. We haven't done nothing right now. You know, uh, you know what's the guarantee here? Right. And it's always been an excuse that Matthew didn't have this, Matthew didn't have that. I've even made excuses for the guy here. But the fact of the matter is, and I've spoke very highly on it on this show, that Matthew Stafford has the ability to do some things that most quarterbacks do is that take up opportunities. And Matthew Stafford, maybe when he was young doing it, but he's not doing it when he's old. He's very content in being that quarterback who wants to stay in the pocket. Every now and then he may sweep left or sweep right. Uh, to maybe, as I call it, I call it scrambling there. Yeah. I don't call it running, okay? But, you know, it's not been successful for him at all there. And one of the things he doesn't do that many of these teams who are very successful are able to do, they challenge the field. They throw the ball. 
uh, car yesterday threw the ball. And that although he's a similar quarterback like Matthew Stafford is, but he knew when the deal was it. Plus, they had a very good running game that sustained some things, that kept things going along. And so your balanced attack puts everyone on defense on notice where you can make some doggone things. You make you can put some surprises out there. You can make some things happen. Butch Davis joining us on the game as we continue our roundtable. Butch, what topic would you like to bring up tonight? Not a doggone <laughs> We still got 25 minutes. Come on. Everything is all disappearing here like a, like a I don't know, in the wind. Uh, you know, <clears throat> We we could talk about the, the the conditions of basketball per se there and what they will do after the season is over and it is officially right now over. So how that's gonna be uh dealt with, how it's gonna be treated. Uh Detroit Pistons is again a team right now that is in need and is in very much so in need of some honesty and some players that wanna come in here and do a job. And we have a coach right now said during this bubble that he's very happy with some of the young players that he has. But again, uh, they have not been tried, tested, or true because they've not been able to allow the play since March. So, I mean, what do you think there? Yeah, Butch, uh, you know, last report from Adam Silver as far as when an expected date uh, for the NBA's uh, next season. Uh, last report was January 2021. We don't know the details as far as if they're going to play in a bubble or they're going to you know, play at home sites without fans. We don't know, and so we'll certainly get more guidance, I'm sure, from the NBA now that the offseason is over. Uh, give the NBA a lot of credit. We've talked about that on the show as far as their bubble. It appeared to have worked, and you know, they'll give it up for the Los Angeles Lakers and and LeBron James winning another title, another MVP, a Lakers 17th title, which ties the Boston Celtics. But one stat I didn't realize, Butch, is the Lakers have been to 32 NBA finals, the Celtics just 21. So there's lots of debate on which franchise is the best. Is it the Lakers? Is it the Celtics? I take either one as a Pistons fan right now because we know it ain't in Detroit. But I, I just I just think of this, Butch, an all-time starting five for the L.A. Lakers. How about this? At guard, Magic, and Kobe, and your forwards, LeBron, Shaq, and Kareem. That's a pretty good top five, if you ask me. I would have to put Jerry West in there somewhere. Yes, indeed. Line. You got to find somewhere for him to go. I got to find somewhere like a... Uh, a person for say, uh, like a Wilt Chamberlain there. Okay, uh, God, it, 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 boy, the Lakers have had so many good players, yeah. and star players run through their, <clears throat> their 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 roster. There is is sickening to to say that there. But again, you know, some of the teams next year, uh, the Heat. Again, let's not let's bow our heads. Oh, Butler, just insane! Right then and there, they showed everybody in there you could do more for less, and still they didn't have all their name players in the lineup because of injury. You, you will say just to think if they did have the Drogic in there uh, playing around with Magic and, and and his shooting ability along with his passing ability, how would this particular uh, this 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 event would have uh, took place there. Would have went seven games. Although the Lakers were 
head of the pack when it comes down to people voting for them to win the series. I mean, you got to give it off to uh, Miami very much so. They made uh, some things work very well. And a lot of uh, good teams out there that basically right now and some good talent out there. Oliver Depot is now going to be somewhat a, a player that free agency uh, is taking a look at there and, or maybe some teams making some trades to get him. Um, it's, it's, it's very wicked indeed there how that's going on. And then again, we don't know how uh, these conditions that we're going through now, how will they be in January? We hear a lot of talk, okay, a lot of talk about vaccines and when they will be ready, and nothing is really standard there. So, again, do you start this particular season in the bubble or something or stretch it out like the National Hockey League did where you have West and East bubbles uh, going in simultaneously where you can get the maximum amount of players uh, not catching uh, COVID-19? It's very wicked indeed. So, that is somewhat very intriguing to me to see how that or those particular uh, teams in the National Basketball Association and also the the women's, uh, how they will work out next season there. Yeah, Butcher, and getting back to the Pistons, you know, this is a team that hasn't won a playoff game since the 2007-2008 season. And, you know, while expectations may not be the highest for Detroit, I think the fans' expectations uh, need and deserve more from owner Tom Gorris. And, and, you know, putting a, a, a contending team out there and you just mentioned Miami I mean it doesn't take the big dollar signings and it doesn't take you know a lot look at Oklahoma City you know they get rid of star players they got a bunch of draft picks and mm-hmm. I I really think the Pistons need to, to nail this draft coming up what do they have the seventh or eighth pick um, you know wh- wh- what is their biggest need Butch as far as from a Pistons perspective they need a lot but what's the one thing they need most I say the biggest need for the Pistons is right now is look at players that are local Mm-hmm. Those are, you know, we just talked about Miami, Duncan, none. Those are two players are local here who the Pistons had better looks of that particular team than anybody in the league, especially with Oakland, uh, uh, the Oakland Grizzlies there with none came from there. These are young players not even drafted or not even looked high enough there. And they're getting by these teams where the Pistons could readily pick them up. Uh, we got players in uh, in Grand Valley State and some of the other small colleges there who, are, you know, may not get the name to say there, but by golly, they're so doggone talented and all they need is that one big spark of someone giving them an opportunity. Uh, you you got to go shopping where basically you, you, where you, you're sitting pretty. You got Central Michigan, you got University of Detroit, you got University of Michigan, you got Michigan State, you got Northern Michigan, you got you got Canada, okay, per se, right over the bridge in Ontario that has very good league and also a very professional league in, involved there. <clears throat> One name I in the Pistons haven't heard of the guy we have heard of him in the United States is a guy named Bill Jones, okay? Bill Jones is the coach of the Windsor Express, who for years right now, and except for this year, has brought championships to the Canadian Basketball Association, okay? 
And, it, you know, and plus I know Bill Jones as a friend. He is a Southwestern prospector. He played at Iowa. He played some NBA basketball there. He's an excellent coach. And, and it, it puzzles me <clears throat> why the Pistons can't look locally of talent and management staff people that they can bring to to the forefront and, and make this team be more successful there. It just it, it boggles my mind for that day. But that's what they I would say they need to do. You know, it's, it's nice to look at the, the the all the leagues and whatever it may be, but when you got a chance to look at our homegrown players, and we've been blessed in this state to have so many colleges and universities and junior colleges and <clears throat> maybe smaller colleges or Division three colleges, you know, there's no reason that these that these players are not given uh, somewhat a shot of, of of making a professional basketball team. Butch, let's take our final break of the show. We come back. I got another topic, uh, kind of a regional local topic that I think you'll be interested in, as well as our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. All coming up on the Twin Sues only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Since 1916, a lot of independent agents have recommended auto owners insurance, and a lot of parents have taken that recommendation to heart. So have a lot of their children and grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. As we celebrate our first 100 years, Auto Owners Insurance thanks all those who have put their trust in us, and all the generations who will. Visit Madigan Pingator Insurance Services today on Water Street in Sioux, Michigan or at MadiganPingator.com. Would you like to pay off your house a little sooner than planned? Do you think it might be nice to have some extra money in your wallet? At Old Mission Bank, we've been busy saving our customers thousands of dollars by refinancing their home loans, and we want to help you too. Let our experienced lenders take a look at your specific situation to see how we might take some time off your mortgage, put some extra cash in your pocket, or take equity out to complete a major project. Would you like to know more? Call one of our experienced loan officers or apply directly online at ombloans.com we're old mission bank proudly serving our community for 20 years fdic insured equal housing lender who hasn't felt protective lately of our families our communities our resources in times like these we all fight to make sure our people are safe but at the american cancer society our people our community our family is made up of millions of cancer patients and their families so keeping them safe takes everyone's help during COVID-19, help us keep vital resources available to cancer patients. Please donate to the American Cancer Society at cancer.org. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 7.45 on the game, ESPN 1400 on this rainy, windy Monday night in Sault Ste. Marie. We're continuing to be joined by Butch Davis, host of Butch on Sports for our roundtable. Now, for those that maybe missed part of the show or want to hear it again, you can find the podcast of the game on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. We upload that. These are around 8.30 on Monday nights, right after the show. You can also find us at thegamesportshow.com, along with Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podtrail, Facebook, and Instagram. Butch, I got a topic for the roundtable that I know you have a lot of interest in and a lot of our people 
around here have interest in. Uh, we talked about the Ontario Hockey League earlier, uh, still waiting to return. Uh, but some news last week uh, about what that might look like as far as a possible return to play as uh, one of the health ministers in Ontario, Provincial Minister Lisa McLeod. Uh, first of all, she says the league is not interested in the bubble format and the Ontario Hockey League will have to try to remove physical contact, including body checking, if it's to have a 2021 season, uh, she says, quote, it would be safe to say that body contact, unless it's incremental, will not be permitted as a result of COVID-19. That would pose a challenge in terms of how they amend their play. Uh, other things that they do not want to have potentially includes fighting, uh, face-offs, and some other things that would make hockey look quite a bit different as they try to navigate through this pandemic. So Butch, I'm going to pose the question to you. If you're a season ticket holder of the Sioux Greyhounds or in your area, the Windsor Spitfires or the Saginaw Spirit, and this is what we see as far as a return to play in the Ontario Hockey League, and I think everyone, every hockey fan and sports fan wants to see a return to play in all sports, especially here. Junior hockey's big up in this area. I know it is down in your area. Would you want to see that? I will politely tell the ownership and management staff or whatever team I bought a ticket from, I want my money back. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, and that's being mild. <laughs> this lady don't want to see no hockey play. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Seems like it wants to see Ringette or something. And, you know, um, she's probably making the right call if you want to see kids or, or, or those young lads safe playing hockey there, but again, could you play hockey that way and it be somewhat an interesting game for the the fans to watch? No. <clears throat> no way in, in in God's name that's gonna be that's gonna be workable. So she's saying right now, it's not gonna work. <clears throat> that's what she's saying. And you know, you I don't like the challenge. The scientists, they're proficient in what they do and right. how they do it and the time they put in it. Um, so, I'm, you know, mom always had, to me, in my, in my judgment, has, you know, gave that particular to those particular scientists and whatnot. Because they know more than we do. And they know how things are, are, are going to work out there. So this lady said that in a nice little way. She said right now, Ontario League is not ready for hockey. Or hockey is not ready for them for the current conditions that we have out there. And would people go see it? No, they would not go see it. So, <clears throat> excuse me, it would be better for the Ontario League to just hold their heels, okay, or just have those uh, intermittent practices and those scrimmages and whatnot and, until hockey's ready to go. Uh, it's it's sad that we can't give a timetable for that, but again, this is where we're at right now, and it's it, it's very hard to kind of clear up. I kind of you know want to figure out how the National Hockey League is going to pull this off. Uh, they can't do it in one bubble per se, not with the amount of teams they have. They will have, probably have to put up regional bubbles in order to put that again. And again, they have done it and done it very successfully. So it's not to say that they can't pull that off and and it will be somewhat very safe. That goes for the NBA as well. But 
right now hockey is a is a different beast because their physicality is involved constantly there and the constant skating and the speed involved you're going to sweat you're going to expute uh, a, a lot of moisture out there so i can't dispute on what this lady said that would be safe that's not in dispute i think what's in dispute with them uh the uh, fans love it, and I don't think they will. I don't think they're going to enjoy no face-off hockey there. And you know, it's, it's, it just can't not be played in Canada right now. Yeah, I agree, Butch, and I understand where maybe this minister is coming from as far as you know wanting to have health and safety. But one of our listeners who listens regularly to this show, a good friend of mine, Don Supa, he always. He always points out that, you know, I'm always leery of unelected bureaucrats that are making these big decisions. And I'm not, it's not a political thing, but, you know, I think it maybe it's a little bit of an overreach on her part on this because, you know, you take out physical play and hockey. It basically ceases to be hockey, in my opinion. I mean, we've seen over the years, you know, you you go back and watch some of those old games from the 70s, 80s, and even parts of the 90s. I mean, hockey's a much different game now. There isn't as much of of the rough stuff. You don't see as much fighting. But but the physical play and the contact is part of the game. I mean, it, it is at all levels, at least in, you know, junior hockey, college hockey, and the NHL. I mean, my favorite time of year is NHL playoffs because it seems like the regular season, while they're maybe not, I wouldn't say they're not giving their all, but the physical play really ramps up in the playoffs. And, you know, I just don't see how this is going to be something that, you know, true blood hockey fans, season ticket holders, people in this area and in Canada and really around the United States can see this. The Quebec Major Junior Hockey League has started their season. They have made tougher penalties as far as fighting, but, you know, they've had their season go and they've had a couple teams shut down due to COVID, much like lots of sports. So I just don't see how this is going to happen as far as what she says. I think it's, you know, quite honestly, I think it's ridiculous. It's, it's you know, if they're going to have a season, then they have to make it look like hockey as much as possible. If not, I'll go watch ringette. I mean, if the, if, the, if they want to do that, I'll watch ringette because that's basically what they're trying to do to take the physical play out. Because like I said, Butch, without physical play, without the elements of hockey that we're all used to, it ceases to be watchable. No, it's not no hockey anymore there. You know, you're playing two squares or, <laughs> you know. Shuffleboard. In the bottle or something, <laughs> that nature. Yeah, I don't know, but that's not hockey there. It's, it's not going to work out. It, it, it won't work out. God bless the uh, the um, Quebec League, but that's going to shut down pretty soon there. As the second wave is, is, is evident now, it's yeah. coming. And, you know, it, like I said, the lady's word cannot be disputed as far as she's looking at the science of uh, playing hockey and whatnot there, the physicality there, and she wants to eliminate all of that. <clears throat> that might be so in a imaginary world, but you know, it, instead of doing that, you're you're not going to see hockey in Ontario for a while until this thing practically goes away. There for the safety of the of the players, the coaches, the the fans, uh, staff members. Uh, it's just it's just not going to happen there. So you know, I'll give her kudos for <clears throat> just coming out and saying that there because it took a lot of guts for her to say that. 
that I'm quite sure right now she's looking for a new home and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe move to Saskatchewan or somewhere there. But again, uh, I give her kudos for having the guts to just come out and say that. It, it, it can't be safe if you have all those elements in there. And to find a way to play just to make money. And I think that's the common uh, logic of a lot of owners. That they want to make money. And some of these owners who letting the fans in now and, you know, they they say 22%, but, you know, that's a lie here. You know, there's people and friends and relatives and a whole lot of other people are in those particular stadiums and, and arenas uh, to look at and to see some days go on. But you can't do it safely here or right now. The, the common thing to do is to use a bubble system there. You may have to go in a couple of regions to make bubbles in there, but again, until you do that, right now it's not safe to do anything when it comes to a heck of a lot of contact. Butch, real quick before we get to our thumbs up and thumbs down, college football, the Big Ten will start in a couple weeks, October 24th, Michigan State hosts Rutgers and Michigan at Minnesota. You know, you're seeing more games and more fans in the stands, and you're seeing a lot of points scored, especially in the SEC. Man, Alabama knocks off Old missed 63 to 48 they had 723 yards of offense and you saw some other just really big scores apparently defense has taken a break this year in college football Mm -hmm. yeah well a a break or you know just trying to survive is uh, is the thing i'm seeing there and again that don't look too safe right now there and and you know let's you know let's give some uh kudos to some of them universities who are doing the, the the they're programmed the right way to keep their players safe. But I get, you know, specs every single week on who has covert, who don't have covert, who's safe, who's not safe. And really right now that list is long yeah. and hard there of the, some of the things that fans don't get a whole whiff of uh, information about, about who has covert and, and maybe not naming the players per se, but yes, they're having those same particular problems uh, going into. And a lot of it is discipline there. I mean, how disciplined the players are going to be in this particular situation where basically they can do nothing, not contact even with their families or family members there be you know just to stay safe in order to play the game that they love to do but it's 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 a it's a crapshoot indeed bush let's get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week i will start i got a couple thumbs up and they both involve tennis players thumbs up to rafa nadal winning the french open yesterday in straight sets over novak Djokovic, his 13th french open title his 20th Grand Slam title. He's tied Roger Federer for most for men in history. Nadal's record at the French Open, 100 wins, two losses. Unbelievable. He played a guy that hadn't lost except for when he fired the ball at a linesman and got defaulted. But, man, joke, or rather, Nadal is impressive on clay and just impressive indeed. And thumbs up for Iga Swatek. She won the women's uh, French Open title. You say, who? Well, I didn't know her, and I follow the sport. She was uh, unseated, didn't lose a set, 19-year-old from Poland. She took out an American, uh, Kennan, in the final. But, boy, she had a 
an, an impressive game. And so thumbs up to her and thumbs down just this week to the state of Michigan. I mean, my goodness, what are we doing in this state? We've, we've uncovered plots to kidnap the governor. We've got legislature and, and governors and courts going at it. We need to come together as a country, as a community, as a state to get through this pandemic. Butch, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. Mm, I'm going to make those light and, and, and lovely there. How about to Dwight Howard and Marquise Morris? Uh, they continue the streak of ex, uh, ex-wizards getting yeah. rings, man. <laughs> and uh, Carwell Pope, he getting a ring, man. I know! <laughs> All these players that we could have had or uh, had at the Detroit Pistons level are getting rings and stuff there. But congratulations to the Lakers there, man. Uh, they did what they supposed to do. I mean, they would have. LeBron James don't have to climb up a tree or get out of town with his family or anything. Uh, I think that's pretty cool there. And Anthony Davis played uh, one hell of a game mm. there as a center there. If it was not there, uh, that plight with the. Uh, with the uh, the heat right now would have been a little bit more difficult than it, than we talk about there. But Rondo, Rondo is another player. Oh, boy, they all came together. And these are veteran players too, by the way, or forgotten players that they came together and they put them together there. And Mr. Vogel, and uh, he's has done his way here. And I'm quite sure. I'm quite sure. All the complaining going on and all the bickering, you know. You can't, you can't say enough about it there. Uh, um, thumbs down for, I don't know. I don't know. 20 seconds left in the show, Butch. Why don't we leave it there, Butch yeah. Davis, joining us on the game. Butch, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week on the game, sir. Now. All right. I want to thank all our guests tonight, including Chris Dunbar, Mark Yule, and Butch Davis. My name is Scott Nason. Again, if you want to catch the show, you can find it at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. That's going to do it for the Twin Sues only local, regional, national sports show, The Game. Have a great night. We'll talk to you next week right here on ESPN 1400. Thanks for listening to The Game here on ESPN 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's sports leader. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.